podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. A Celtic State of Mind. It's Monday afternoon. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be rejoined by Colin Watt. It's just us two on this week, Colin. Welcome back. I believe that you were visiting Germany on a wee soiree. I was indeed. Um, about this time last week, I was waking up with a killer hangover, but I mean, I'm just about over it now. Um, great weekend in a fantastic German city, but um, I have to say, I managed to watch the game over there. Um, in a St. Pauli Celtic Supporters Club. What was it called? In there. Um, it's the Berlin Buckfast Crew. Wow. It's the CSC. Um, nice. And it was, uh, it was fantastic over there. I can't remember the name of the wee pub. Um, but yeah, they had that on the, the big screen and St. Pauli were playing at the same time as Celtic. So uh, it was a good, good atmosphere all round. I remember going into the Jolly Roger a few years ago. I can't remember exactly when this happened because... I can't remember when my, br- my brother got married, but it was his stag do. And we ended up in the Jolly Roger and Celtic were playing that day. And I think it was the game, Colin, right? It was definitely a game that Tony Watt scored two goals in. Might have been Inverness away. Maybe Motherwell Tony Watt well. Or Motherwell, aye. It could have been one of those fixtures. And um, when we went in, the girl behind the bar said that she wouldn't have put the Celtic game up on a big screen because whenever St Pauli were playing, and they were playing Nuremberg that day away... Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only show the St Pauli games and I think she realised that we were all pretty disappointed but we didn't want to argue with her because she had a t-shirt on that said I love violence on it so <laughs> we just thought right we're going to take a tell in here and go and sit in the corner and watch the St Pauli game and just soak it up because it's a cracking wee pub the Jolly Roger um, about five minutes later she brought over our, our laptop and plonked it on our table and she had signed into her Celtic TV account telling us to watch the Celtic game so um if I didn't love St Pauli before then I certainly did after that experience but there you go you've went over to Germany will you be going back over this season to watch Celtic um, in action? I'm headed to Madrid in um, October, November time I've got a uh, book to, to go away there um, but no I, I need to sort of cut back over the, the next couple of years um, for those that may or may not be aware I'm getting married in a couple of years time so we, we booked our venue yesterday and uh, this is where all the, the big money savings start to kick in. Oh, so Exciting times, Colin Watt, joining well, the club. I'm, such a, I'm getting sold, I'm, I'm catching up people. That will never happen. Listen, there's a wee rustling on your mic, by the way. Just You can have a look at that, it's not too no bad, but just in case um, it's bugging anybody at home. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Celtic State of Mind, we're back off um, our little weekend, um, what would you call that? A delay? What would you call it? An inconvenience. Well, it could, an it inconvenience. could be called a few things. It could be called a few things. Um, all of which we are aware of. And uh, please keep bringing in the um, the comments. Paddy, come on, son. Come on, don't do it, Colin. Look at that, eh? See, quite a few of them in the comments now. I'm just, uh, I'm oh, really come on. Give the man support. He's going to need it. 
um, two years of plotting and planning. Uh, as you might know, um, Colin and I met because Colin is part of the kind of, what, what would you say, the entertainments team at Greenock CSC. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I met because back in the day I was doing quite a lot of the old um, the hosting gigs for Celtic events and, and charity events, etc. And loads of money was cha- uh, raised for charity through the, the events we did at, at the Greenwich as well, Colin. And I was just asking before we came on if you were maybe trying to get in touch with Jedward to put on a show at the Greenock. I'm sure Jedward has been more than welcome over here with their, their views over the last couple of days. But I was just saying to you before we came on air, Actually, turns out that I share a birthday with Jedward, so I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. As time goes on, it seems to be a blessing, but back in the day when they were the the, the laughing figures of um, world pop, it was a bit of a curse. Especially when I used to spike my hair up. It's very similar to theirs as well. Are they still wearing it like that? Are the boys still wearing it like that? I think so. I don't know. I I secretly hope they are. I hope they are. I really do. Um, I hope they don't go all Paul Weller on us and and throw (laughs) their hair behind their ears and all that kind of stuff. So watch this space um, because Jedward might be coming to a Greenock CSE near (laughs) you sometime soon. But before we get started, I'm going to mention this. There is going to be a Celtic State of Mind live. So... They fancy coming and actually seeing us live uh, and checking that out, then please click on the link underneath this video. We are going to be at Gracie's in Glasgow on the 20th of January 2023. We're already planning for next year, Colin. That's going to be the first in a series of events with a Celtic state of mind, which I'm, I'm going to be hosting. So come out and see us live. I'm hosting it, mate. I'm back, I'm back into it. Unbelievable. I'd, I'd, I'd hung up the, the mic, but I'm back on it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in uh, training for it, to try and get fit for it. <laughs> try no, and get Grace, match fit. Grace, Grace is a great venue. Anybody that's been to it before will agree. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, on the road. Absolutely. Axom, on the road. Get your tickets just now. We're keeping them as um, affordable as we possibly can. And the reason um, we're launching it today is because we have it all set up, but we haven't yet announced who the guest is going to be. But I can assure you it's going to be a legend. And I mean that, not just because he played with Celtic. He is an absolute Celtic legend. And I hope I don't mention his name before the end of the show, because that is going to be announced at some point this week. But you can get tickets. Maybe hmm? you will, Paul. Maybe you'll mention so many of these legends that the, the guys and girls listening are going to have to guess which one it is. Potentially, mate. Potentially. We are breeding legends at Celtic Park right now, and we will be talking about quite a few of them as the hour progresses. We're already five minutes in, Colin, and the headline reads, Ange Postecoglou is just getting started at Celtic. What do I mean by that? Well, obviously, there has been a lot of chat around the future of Ange, and um, I think last week we spoke about it. There was rumours around Brighton Hove Albion coming in for Ange Postecoglou. Let's start off with the, the Ange rumours, Colin. Um, you've not had a chance because you were obviously enjoying yourself over in, in Germany. What did you make of the rumours? And were you pretty satisfied Ange was going nowhere when you started hearing that uh, Brighton were involved? I think what it shows you is the job that he's done over the last 12 months. Um, to go from this person who was relatively unknown, mocked by some in the media, um, given the Ange Poster Whitney treatment by some of the Scottish press, to being someone who was linked with a, a very interesting job, it has to be said down south. I think that job at Brighton is a, a really interesting job. The person that gets that, um, there's some untapped potential down there. Um, <laughs> the one person that I, sort of, I feel sorry for and I'm not sure many others will feel sorry for is uh, young Billy Gilmore Billy Gilmore was told by Thomas Tuchel that he should take the move to Brighton because he would develop really well under Graham Potter only for 48 hours later for Graham Potter to then take the Chelsea job so um, yeah unfortunate for him but it, it's an interesting job down there I think they're a team that's they'll sit round about mid-table Um in the English Premier League, I don't see there'll be someone who who go down south, and it does show that Ange Postecoglou is now on the radar of these Premier League clubs. And Absolutely, it's up, to, it's up to Celtic now to um, continue to back them, to back Ange the way that they have. Um, and as long as he continues to produce the results, there should be no excuse for them not to. 
when you look at it, I mean, mm-hmm. he came in, didn't ask to change his backroom staff in the first season. He did a full, proper um, investigation and uh, analysis behind the scenes, some of which that we've seen um, changes of quicker than what some of the Celtic board used to be able to do investigations into. Um, he's changed the Did way we that get the results of that investigation. No, that's that's coming in January apparently. Um, he's he's changed the structure behind the scenes. You look at someone like Tommy McIntyre, who has long been part of the furniture at Celtic Football Club mm-hmm. um, with his time in the youth development system, and obviously then in charge of the reserves and the B team. Um, and you you take a look at it. And you say, well, he's now left the club. That was a decision made by the management team. Yeah. They brought in Stephen McManus and Darren Adie to take over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're now trying to provide a pathway for the young players to make their way into the first team. Something which we've been crying out for for years and saying that we haven't really had it because of the way that the structure is behind the scenes. Now, Ange then comes in and brings in um, Harry Kiel, someone that he's known very well. Um, someone that he trusts and I think you can see this season that the impact he's having on that team is already evident we see a team um, with, with Celtic where you're now constantly on the press like this, sometimes last season we would press really really high and the press would be very good for maybe 60-70 minutes and then we would give up and we'd maybe tire now we're seeing a full team pressing from the word go to the end of the game. Mm. We're pushing to kill teams off. We are um, continuing to absolutely hound them. Um, and that all comes down to the fact that they've had a full pre-season under Ange Postacoglu. They've got Harry Kiel who's in there and I've got to say, as much as the finishing isn't quite up to great standards yet, you can tell there's been subtle differences, especially in Kielgo's game since Harry Kiel's came into the team. He's playing more as that sort of cool type striker than what he previously did last season where he used to drift out and sort of link up the play. For me, I think if you continue to back Ange in that style, then he's more than happy to stay where he's wanted. And I know that the thing is about him, he's on a 12-month contract, he's on a rolling contract and stuff like that, but it's just the way Celtic have done things. The last time we handed a manager a contract that wasn't a 12-month rolling contract was Brendan Rodgers and there's a klaxon at 11 minutes in but look what happened there he had no interest in staying beyond those three years no he knew he was going to leave at the end of that season to go to Leicester he just left before a lot of people anticipated that he would see there's a few things there um, firstly we were talking about uh, Brighton before and it's absolutely no disrespect to the club none whatsoever uh, we done a, an interview I think it was during the, the lockdown perhaps where I spoke to an author called Spencer Vignes who is a Brighton and Hove Albion fan historian and author and um, he wrote a book um, and we brought him onto the show to to speak about um, the relationship between Celtic and Brighton. And obviously around about that time it was topical because Shane Duffy had come to Celtic on loan. And there's been a few players that have um, played for both clubs, Colin. Uh, I don't know if you can name any others, but I'm thinking... Who? Adam Virgo. <laughs> oh, you got in there straight off the bat with Adam Virgo. Wow. Um, who else? Beram Kayal. Shane played Duffy. for both clubs. Who? Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy and um, Paddy McCourt. Paddy McCourt played for for both clubs. Tell me who managed both clubs, Colin. Which Celtic manager went on to manage Brighton? Mm. Lou McCarry. No. Good shout though. Same era. It was indeed Liam Brady. Liam Brady had two managerial jobs. Uh, one was with Celtic, the other was with Brighton. Um, but my take on Ange Postecoglou is that he's got a job here that is a... I would call it a long-term job because I think anything beyond three years in modern football and particularly with management, Colin, could be referred to as long-term. In the past, it might have been three to five years would be a medium-term plan, but 
nobody really stays beyond that uh, generally. So I think we've got a long-term plan with Ange, and he he has the same with us, and, and his plan involves some kind of progress in European football. He wants to obviously um, make a mark on the Champions League. I think he and the, the supporters amongst us um, who you know, are realistic, would maybe suggest that this season is too soon for that to happen. But progress is what's important. Um, and I think that uh, we will get on to the Real Madrid game because you've not had a chance to speak about that yet. And I just think it's too soon. There's no way that he's cut from the same kind of cloth as Brendan Rodgers in relation to, you know, the first offer that he gets down south. He's thinking about going down there. His head's turned. It's happened to so many players as well, Colin. But I... I do believe that Ange is, is a different breed uh, of person, not just manager, but in terms of uh, the person that he is as well. He's trying to build something here. It's unfinished business, Colin. It's not going to happen now, but we are going to get interest in the gaffer and we're going to get interest in our players as well, such as the performances that we are seeing at Celtic Park. 100%. And I think when you look at it, Ange's next step, considering he's what, in his late 50s now, um, his next step would be, yeah, I think his his next step would either be one of the bigger clubs, and I say bigger clubs in terms of wealth and revenue, not bigger clubs in terms of history or anything like that, like a a Liverpool or a Manchester United or a, someone of of that ilk. Um, otherwise, I can't see him being attracted to a, another team down south because. And the money that they spend down there, it doesn't sort of suit the way, if you look through Ange Postacoglu's managerial career, it doesn't suit how he wants to be. It doesn't suit how he wants to play. Um, I think, honestly, if Ange was to leave, and when Ange leaves is because the, he'll not be here forever. Let's, let's be. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Be brutal. Um, but when he does decide to leave us, I think he, he'll probably head back towards his homeland. I think he wanted to prove that he could do it on a, a European basis. And Celtic was just the, the proper right step for him. It was the right club at the right time. Um, and I, I think he's got a project here that he wants to see through to fruition. And I can't see him going there until um, he, he gets exactly what he wants. Because when you look at it, Celtic have backed him. And it's so easy for a team down south. We've already seen it. Tommy Tuchel. How, how many millions did he spend in the summer there? The best part of 300 million gone Scary. after six games. Yep. How I, I can't see Ange being attracted to something like that unless it's for serious, serious money. But I don't also I also don't think he's that kind of person either, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, but so you think, Colin? It's been somebody that's been like that in his career. No. It, Listen, there's a lot of people tuning in and we'll probably will talk at some point about Liverpool uh, during the show, but I'm not a massive fan of English football anymore. I was 80s and 90s, but I'm not anymore. And um, I think it's a bit of a circus. 
But that's just a fan's view, Colin. That's a Celtic fan's view. One fan's view. I know other people like yourself follow a team. Mm-hmm. Declan follows Man U. JP follows Man U. You follow Liverpool. I have a an affinity to Liverpool uh, for other reasons. And But I'm not interested in the game because I think it's a bit of a circus. And I think that if you can go and spend 300 million quid I mean again that was news to me because I've not been following the spend down there because I think it's obnoxious but if that's the case and you're sacked within six months then it shows that there's no real long term planning and I think Ange is far more about a plan and having Mm -hmm. that it's not even about stability by the way because when he came into Celtic there was a real lack of stability about the position he was taking Um, I think he saw that as a challenge I just think that if he comes in he's got a plan and until that plan is seen through to fruition then only uh, then will Ange be 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 happy and satisfied I don't think you get the chance to do that in English football anymore and I think that those days are long gone it's all about instant gratification instant success and if you don't get that no matter who you are what your profile is and how much money you've spent they'll get rid of you and by the way the, the stock goes up and down daily you know so I, th- I think that Ange Postecoglou will be looking at that I mean I remember I, I switched off now but I, I remember keeping up to date through um, the daily bulletins on you know, Sky Sports News for example one minute Mikel Arteta was uh, public enemy number one they wanted him sacked next minute he was the best thing since. and football doesn't work like that and if you've got a plan and that, that strategy is agreed upon taking the job, then both parties need to stick to that. So the manager needs to show some loyalty, but so does the club. Don't think you get it down south, Colin. And I don't think that Ange would be very keen to go into that circus, as I say. Now, Gary, I know exactly the pub you're talking about, sir. The pub around the corner from um, the Jolly Roger is called the Shabin, which I think in Irish means drinking den. That would make sense. Uh, the lassie Alex who owns it, Kraken Boozer. Yes, and there is I think, obviously, the fact that it was called Shabin, but there was a a picture that you can see through the, the main window at the bar hanging up, and it's a picture of the, the GPO in 1916. So we went in for a drink. I've got to say, we did actually go in. Um, Alex didn't come in until later because the guy behind the bar... Uh, was reeking drunk um, to the point where I think he drank a bit of bottle of vodka and Alex had to come in and <laughs> tidy up the mess, let's just say, Colin. None of the mess was made by myself or my party, I've got to say. Uh, so Ange Postecoglou, the, the message is Big Ange is going nowhere, but he is going to attract this, this attention, isn't he? There's absolutely no doubt about it. Colin, you've not had a chance to speak about Real Madrid. I'm sure you've spoke about it to your mates and stuff like that. But uh, you certainly haven't done it on a Celtic state of mind. This is your first appearance back since the game on Tuesday of last week. Um, now, first of all, I just want to hear your thoughts on the game, your experience of the night as well. I've got to say, I loved the game. I thought it was a fantastic, um, exciting game of football to watch. Um, I thought for the best part of 40 to 50 minutes, we handled ourselves very, very well. We competed at a top level, and it was just one of those nights where if things had went another way, could, could we potentially have gotten something out of that game? I don't think at any other point um, we were completely out of the game, but what you do see is you see that class. Now, when you talk about teams spending all this money down south, one of the things that they, they miss out on is class. And it's something I have to say the likes of Real Madrid never do. They don't spend a lot of money without seeing a great investment back on it. So you're looking at um, players like Benzema, who unfortunately came off injured. Unfortunately for them. Yeah, for them. Um, Luka Modric, um, who took his goal extremely well. Vinicius Jr., um, players like that who mm. they have spent a lot of money on but they are seeing the return again um, and you could tell that for Celtic when you look at it considering it was only really Joe Hart, Callum McGregor um, who really had that Champions League experience behind them um, that we are we're not afraid of coming up against what is arguably the best team in the world right now um, Callum McGregor was absolutely outstanding mm. um, he could have took his chance I think um, Abada the moment kind of got to him as well uh, and you've got to remember that's Ange Postecoglou's first Champions League game as well so for him this is a new experience as well but I think we'll learn a lot from that um, we can take the positives from it 
Defensively, yes, there's maybe one or two things we need to work on. But as we said, when we're going to play this style of football, sometimes we are going to be open to things like that. Like uh, Vinicius Jr. when he was kind of put through one-on-one and Joe Hart made the fantastic save. Yeah. We're going to see maybe things like this. But if we take our chances and you go a couple of goals up, you just don't know how that would maybe unsettle a team like Real. Um, and I've got to say, the atmosphere at Celtic Park on uh, Tuesday night was absolutely outstanding. Everyone was a credit to the, the, the Celtic fan base. And if we can continue to play like this throughout the next five Champions League games, then I'm pretty confident we can get somewhere in the region of nine points out of this group. I think we spoke about that a few weeks back, actually. We were trying to predict how many points um, we could obtain. Um, now, there are a couple of wee things you said there. We'll come back to Kyle McGregor because I think all season he's been unbelievable, but that was that was the pinnacle of his campaign and perhaps even his Celtic playing career. I just thought that the way we went about the business was unbelievable. Um, you, you mentioned about the moment getting to Abada and I, I was thinking long and hard about what was the moment in that game? And you mentioned earlier again, Harry Kuehl and I think the moment was Maeda's miss and you, you look you wouldn't have seen it um, but it, it zoomed in on the, the dugout and there's Kiel we just buried himself yeah, under his yeah, car yeah. and that I think was the moment Colin because McGregor hit the post it was a great effort superb effort hit the post I think Hatati had a brilliant shot really well uh, controlled shot from distance the way that, that he's got that technique it's the same with his passing you know where he, he just has complete control over it that was a great effort um, the McGregor one I thought it was just really unlucky because they go in you know that type of yeah. shot and it, and it ricocheted in the right direction but just didn't go in um, and that was unlucky That that this is my point that was unlucky but I actually thought that made a miss was a bad miss I did, and I'm not going to criticise the player. I think he's been brilliant since he came in. But I thought it was a bad miss, and we've, we've spoken about it maybe came too soon for him in the game, uh, you know, just at the beginning of the second half, uh, etc. Other people have countered that in the comment section by saying, how long do you need to get warmed up? You know, if it was the first minute of the game, and you're the striker who starts the game, you would expect the striker to score that. So I get, I, I get both sides of that, but that was the moment for me, because that was a bad miss by Maeda. Yeah, but then on that same argument, then you could take a look back at Abada's miss after a minute and say, well, could that have potentially changed the game? And then he had the, the, the miss in the, what was it, five, six minutes later when he's played through a fantastic ball by Jota that totally takes out the, the centre-back. Um, that centre, I mean, that shows you how dominant Celtic were in that first period that Real Madrid had to change their centre-back at half-time to bring Rudiger on. That's how much problems Celtic were causing them. And obviously Rüdiger's been there, experienced, a great player to have to, to come on. It just shows you the, the strength and depth that they've got. Uh, even bringing Hazard on for uh, Benzema, that's mm. incredible strength and depth. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I said, I think this will come to a lot of these players. It's experience. Um, obviously, the one person that you, you think back to, like um, Tony Watt, when Tony Watt takes that opportunity against Barcelona, he's only 18 years old, Abada's only 20, they'll learn from this experience. And I think when it comes to the likes of these next five games, then looking at it, they can, they can look back on it with pride in their performance, the fact that they never gave up, they played the full 90 minutes, they pushed a team like Real Madrid to 0-0 at half-time, mm. um, and then did not look out of, out of the game, even been 2-3-0 down, they still kept going Haksabanovic did uh, very well to get himself into position as you say, Maeda could have scored there's lots of positives to take away from a performance like that I, I, I prefer to walk away from Celtic Park knowing that I've been beaten by a team who are better than us but had to be at their best to beat us I, I, there was times when you were looking at um, Celtic coming away like when we lost to was it Salzburg we lost to 2-1 and we qualified that night but we lost the game um, or there's been times where you came away from the game against Bodo Glimp or um, uh, certain other teams that we've played over the last couple of years in Europe Yeah, yeah. But if we played them again we could have beat them but I knew walking away from that Real Madrid game, we gave the best that we could possibly give. 
and they had to give the best that they could to beat us. That that was how disappointing the Bodo Glimp game was though I think because we weren't at our best Colin you know it's not as though like you say there we, we gave it our best shot we certainly did not um, in that tie but against Real Madrid you know I was going to ask you the question because we've had a few chats um, about the game and the reaction of the Celtic fans you know to um, and it's been mentioned this week by, by Jota how Celtic applauded the fans applauded the team off the park um, they were also uh, very respectful of the Real Madrid players. You know, the, the, some of these guys that, Modric, for example, what one of the best players um, in recent history, and we appreciated that when he's coming off the park. Um, and I've seen two different views on it. I, I like that about Celtic and about Celtic fans, the fact that we do appreciate and respect the class and, and the brilliance of certain players and certain teams. And I know that in terms of the, the past and politically, um, Celtic and Real Madrid certainly would not have seen eye to eye but we had it in us to, to still applaud the players because we know how good and how classy they were Colin I mean um, for you that I'm guessing because you've already alluded to this that is what you think a Celtic state of mind is all about I think obviously look for 90 minutes when you're on the park I want us to be at our competitive best I don't want us to be overawed by the opposition that we come up against and I don't think that we did. Um, I think that when you look at it, we stood up, we dug in, we didn't give them respect. We said that this is Celtic and this is how we play. And all we'd seen in the press and the lead up to it was um, well, Celtic will have to adapt to the style of football that we want to play. And that just wasn't the case. Celtic went out there and says, we're the home team, we're going to play football and if you can't keep up with us, then we're going to take advantage of that. And that's something we haven't done in Europe for a wee while now. The amount of teams you used to see that would come to Celtic Park and we would change our game or we would adapt our game depending on who we were playing. Um, sometimes you've got results, sometimes you've got absolute doings. Um, and I just like the fact that when we're on the park, there's no respect shown. We go out there and we try and win that game regardless of who is in those jerseys. So when you look at it domestically, um, this, the people that would say it was disrespectful to concede nine, to, to let Dundee United concede nine against us, would also say that if we didn't show respect to Real Madrid, it was disrespectful as well. No, look, we play everybody as if they're whoever it is in front of us. We want to win, we want to score as many goals as possible. Mm -hmm. See, at the end of the game, respect shown because there's two teams that have fought hard for a game and I can totally understand that in the 90 minutes if you don't want to appreciate the players coming on and off the park that's fine some people will some people won't that's just up to you depending on how um, how much you're, you're buying into the whole we want to win this and we want to win at all costs sort of thing but you could see it full time I don't think it was just the, the Celtic players that were getting applauded off you could see the Real Madrid players, Celtic fans can appreciate a quality team. They've seen many of them at Celtic Park over the years. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen as maybe since the days of Johnny Doyle um, against Real Madrid. I don't think we've seen us compete at that level and match a team for a number of years. Maybe Martin O'Neill's team against Juve at home, but even the, the games that we did win against like AC Milan and Barcelona, we never got up to their level. Pardon me. It was other other um, scenarios, wasn't it? It was a different game against mm -hmm. Barcelona, for example, where you look at, you know, after the game, the possession, um, and, and for large parts of that game being under the cosh. Um, and, you know, I, I know that the game opened up for Real Madrid after the, the, the two quick-fire goals, but at no point did I feel as though we were under the cosh, and I think that, particularly in the first half, uh, was something to be... Um, proud of in terms of the progress and, and where Celtic are right now uh, on that level. I've got to bring up a few of these points uh, Senan Short, the Jolly Roger and Shabina are great pubs, absolutely Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know, it's just phone internet, not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. If you're in the St. Pauli region in Germany, then get yourself to both pubs and enjoy the hospitality. Uh, Lindsay, hi lads, great show, Lindsay from Doncaster. Doncaster, I was in Doncaster, Lindsay, just a couple of weeks ago at the Horse and Groom pub. There was a soul event and we went there and by the way, somebody was wearing the hoops, so I don't know if it was you. Uh, Peaceful Warrior, fatal mistake, son, save your pennies. (laughs) think that one's for you, Colin. Um, and there's a few mo- others. I'm going to bring them up because, you know, it's all about just sharing it. Um, Barry yeah, McCormack, please. get the trips in now before you get the ring. I think he's talking sense here, Colin. <laughs> By the way, don't want to put you off, son. Um, IH decorating, cut back on the wedding, know the football. And I don't know if he was talking about um, some kind of wedding this weekend and, and whether or not the football was going ahead, but I think he's talking about you. Uh, Colin, so you're getting a lot of advice coming in from the commenters, which I know you're going to take to uh, your good lady and, and feed that back to her. Um, someone did ask if the fit- football, not the football, if the football was on this weekend, and it is. Uh, that has been announced on social media that the fixtures will go ahead this weekend. AD eighteen eighty eight afternoon. Mitos hombres, hola from. A rainy hickley in the boots. I loved it. You came in as if you were fluent. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so it's raining, unfortunately, in the Midlands, but thanks for joining us. Anyway, we've also got Pat Dolan in from Bromsgrove, and we've got Keith, who comes in on a regular basis, in from Plymouth. Um, superb. But the Peaceful Warrior, this is the last one I'm going to bring up. You're going to need all the support you get. Or is he talking about Ange? I'm not sure. I don't know. One of the, both of us. Oh, who knows. Right, um, let's talk about our next fixture then, because obviously um, at the weekend there, we would have been on Axom as normal. The game is postponed until further notice. Um, RB Leipzig are next up, and uh, this is a team. No, they're not. Sorry, I'm talking about Shakhtar. The reason I want to bring up Leipzig is this is a team who, I'm not going to say they're in disarray, but they've just had a managerial change. We, we meet them on match day three in the double header. Um, that we're going to be obviously uh, going over to Germany just like you did last week so they have had a managerial casualty already they worked swiftly and they brought in someone who is known to Celtic in that he uh, formerly managed um, RB Salzburg in the game that you mentioned earlier on I think he was a gaffer Um, now what, what I want to know is the transition of a manager at this stage of the season is it going to create unrest is it a benefit to Celtic can it go either way Colin because you know a manager comes in and new staff obviously he's bringing in a couple of the backroom himself new players the whole thing is this going to come too soon is that going to be an advantage to Ange Postacoglu's Celtic um, I don't really think it'll play much a difference um, in how Ange will set the team up to, to play against them um, I do have to say though they, they bounce back very well at the weekend with a 3-0 victory over Borussia Dortmund um, so that's obviously came into it very, um, very quickly I He think was also the manager there wasn't he Marco Rose uh, For he a short was, period of time was, yeah. I think it was wasn't it um, But when you look at that Leipzig team they are a quality quality side um, They will look back at that performance against Shakhtar and you'll see yeah they were in complete disarray at that point um, it looked as if Shakhtar basically scored with every opportunity they got up the park uh, looking back on the game so um, yeah for me it's going to be a very very difficult place to go you've got Timo Werner obviously who moved out there from Chelsea starting to find a, his, his way again uh, and Kunku who did everything but score at times against Rangers last season um, they've got some great players in midfield. Emil Fosberg, first, uh, the, the Swedish player. Um, they've got Danny Olmo as well. There, there's some quality, quality players in that Leipzig team. And 
Um, they're kind of hoping now that Marco Rose is the guy that will get them uh, up towards challenging for the Bundesliga because this year it does look as though it could be a very open title race and Bayern Munich had kind of ran away with it for the last 10 years but they've not had the best start to the season so far um, three wins, three draws out of six and it could be one of those leagues that's, that's totally open I think when you look at it we're going to struggle when we go over there um, they do have a very good record at home with the Shakhtar game excluded um, but perhaps when they come over to Celtic Park you look at how they sort of collapsed against Rangers last year and the atmosphere that they managed to generate at Ibrooks and how much it put um, Leipzig under the cosh and I think if we continue to back the team the same way that um, we did against Real Madrid then mm. we've got a very good chance when it comes to playing them at home yeah, sorry for the chronology not being right and talking about Leipzig, but I wrote them down for a, another reason that will, will become clear. But Barry McCluskey comes in to ask, which one of Jedward do you share a birthday with? <laughs> Jed, can I? Um, you did them. say one of them. <laughs> you did, I. No, you did say one of them. And if you well, say I mean, something that's on, true. But if you say something in that song, it will be picked up on. That yes, they are, they are identical twins. Of I mean, you, you could say you share a birthday with one of them. You also share it with the other, but you're just saying you share what. Share Do you know what age they are without Wikipedia in it? I think Do you know what 30. age they are? I think You've already checked that before. No, you came I know There's no older. way you would have that knowledge. I know they're older than me, but I don't think they're that much older than me. That's astonishing that they're older than you, eh? Yeah, well, this is when back when they were on what the X Factor was, but I don't know. I, I seriously don't know. Listen, Colin, I'm going to ask you. Sorry? Sorry. I do remember someone um, that you may be aware of, Calvin Harris, mm. the Calvin Harris. He, I remember when um, Jedward were on the X Factor, I don't know if they made the final or what it was, uh, but he invaded the stage and he put a pineapple on his head as to try and copy their hairstyle. This is before he had all the big hits with like Rihanna and all that. Um, so this is sort of back in the... Um, the early Calvin Harris days when he sang on on, on all his own songs mm-hmm. uh, but he invaded the stage and him and Simon Cowell fell out over it and have never worked together since is that right I've often wondered what football team he supports he's from Dumfries Calvin yeah. anybody in the comments know Calvin Harris let me know what football team he supports please know that it'll change my view on his uh, musical ability of course and um, yeah Leipzig so <laughs> we were talking earlier about players who had played for both Brighton and Celtic name one player that's played for both clubs Colin well Leipzig and Celtic mm-hmm. uh, what do you call him my favourite player of all time uh, Ollie Burke Ollie Burke who is still Scotland's most expensive footballer in the history of football if you were to accumulate transfer fees Oliver Burke is the most expensive Scottish footballer the, on the planet the as well hmm? playing for um, Werder Bremen just now Werder Bremen yeah he is um, and I'm sure he scored against Borussia Dortmund fairly recently as yeah. well born in Kirkcaldy of all places Oliver Burke born in Kirkcaldy um, which again I'm always bringing up because I mean there, there are a few interesting facts about Kirkcaldy if, if you think about Kirkcaldy as well as Wraith Rovers what else do you think about Colin? The Five Flyers Oh the Five Flyers you're an ice hockey fan aren't you? Mm-hmm. What about Jockey Wilson? Jockey Wilson yeah world champion yeah. mm-hmm. More than once Did you? Sorry? Val McDermott Yes Aye, uh, but I'm going to go back to Jockey for a second, right? Jockey Wilson. Um, do you know why he appeared on top of the pops? I know Barry McCluskey, who just commented earlier, will know the answer to that. It was a, there was a song, wasn't there, about loving Jockey Wilson or something like that? <laughs> just uh, about right, mate. See, uh, for a man who's not yet 30, I didn't expect you to know the answer to that question. But uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners were, were singing Jackie Wilson said and someone in the production team obviously thought it was about Jockey Wilson there was a picture of him with the dart which was tremendous and of course Kirkcaldy were also name checked in the fantastic Beatles song Cry Baby Cry that appeared on the White Album and that is why 
there is a pub in Kirkcaldy called the Duchess. So there you go. There's the Kirkcaldy section of a Celtic State of Mind finished, and that was all linked into Leipzig, who we'll be we'll be facing in match day three. But in match day two of the Champions League, Colin, we have Marion Sved and Shakhtar Donetsk. And uh, obviously, under various circumstances, that game is going to be played in Warsaw during the week. And, you know, often players have come back to haunt us. Uh, and I know that some of the obvious ones have been spoken about, like Carol Bratback, for example, who, when playing for Rosenberg, came and scored a double, actually, away from home when we played them over there in Norway. And um, also Henrik Larsson, of course, famously scored for Barcelona. Um at uh, for Bar- for Barcelona at Celtic Park, and you know the 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 fact that he scored his first and his last goals um, at Celtic Park. Uh, Henrik Larsson, what's the pub question? He scored his first goal it was an OG at Celtic Park. Henrik Henrik Larsson, and his last goal at Celtic Park was for Barcelona, and that. 2-1 victory, yeah, I think both, it was. Both goals against us. Was it 3-1? Um, but, you know, I think about last season, Eric Sviachenko, for example, I thought done a turn on Odds and Eduard in the, the two games we played uh, Mitchelland last year. And this year it's all about not allowing Sved to do that, Colin. Um, I, I maybe naively said last season, we should know about these players because if we've worked with a player for a year, two, three years, we'll have all our other analytics as well, wouldn't we? And we should know strengths and weaknesses and we should know how to play them. Um, is he a concern or was it a bit of a flash in the pan last week in the, the 4 1 win? It's a difficult one because when you look at his sort of career since he left Celtic, it's not really been inspiring. Um, it's not been the kind of, yeah, we really shouldn't have let him go sort of thing with Marion Shred. Uh, and I also think that some of the opportunities that he had um, in Scottish football, he did take them. He, I remember he scored was it in the three 0 victory over uh, someone in Europe. Remind me who it was. They always get um, always get Kevin Maguire to talk about it because he had to go on stage to tell Rod Stewart that he'd made it three 0 that Always at that game. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Marion Spet scored. Um, I don't think he'll be the kind of standout player in this group. I might be totally wrong, but I think he's he's maybe just found himself a bit more at home being back in the, U- the Ukraine with uh, sort of home comforts of players that sort of speak his language and stuff like that. Because even at Mechelen, it didn't really work out for him either. Um, and there was always the stories about him not really trying to, to learn English when he was here. Um at Celtic, so um, look, Shakhtar are in this sort of unique position where they're going to play all six games away from home. Um, as much as they'll be classed as three home games, playing it in a different country, maybe without all of the the fan support there, it's going to be a tricky one. Um, they lined up really well against Leipzig, and as, as I said, if you look at the, the stats, Leipzig dominated the ball, they dominated the the possession. Um, and Shakhtar scored four goals with four shots on target so mm. um, make of that what you will but I think Celtic will be given the chance to play their style of football I think Shakhtar will play um, ten men behind the ball and look to capitalise on um, some of the, the sort of deficiencies they might see at the back they've got some very um, very good players up front you're looking at Traore you're looking at Shved um, and even the the player that sort of keeps it all together in that midfield is a, a guy called Mudrik, who they reckon is going to be the next big player to leave Ukrainian football. Um, talks of English Premier League teams already scouting around them. So as much as you're thinking this is a team who lost a lot of their players um, because of what's happened with the, the war going on between Russia and Ukraine, a lot of the Brazilians and stuff left, they've got this identity where most of the players that are still there are Ukrainian and they're kind of working together really well and I think they'll be a difficult opposition but if we get maybe an early goal or two then I do fancy that we can get something over there I, I look at your optimism and uh, I probably would agree with it Colin because I think that the way Ange 
has, has started this season. I wouldn't even look at Real Madrid as a blip. I know that he was unhappy after the game when he was speaking, but that, again, doesn't surprise us anymore about Ange and the standards that he's setting at Celtic Park. Uh, and I think that we are right to be going in with an air of confidence. Um, I, I would say coming away from that particular fixture with anything uh, might sound a wee bit... Uh, obvious, but com- coming away with a draw, I'd be more than happy with that at this stage of uh, the campaign. Um, Ian Matheson, plagiarism rewarded by Axon, get me my lawyer. I'm not sure. That one went over my head. Missed that. Missed that. Let me know what it is that we've plagiarised or rewarding plagiarism um, because obviously everybody plagiarises somewhere along the line, don't they? Will McMillan, I moved to Oz to get away from Jedward. Well, come back to Greenock and see them live at the Greenock CSC because Colin's going to make it happen. You know the worst um, thing is I'm going to come away from here and I'm going to get so many texts saying, have we really booked Jedward for the club? And I'll be like, no, this is Paul's terrible. Sell it will sell it. Will sell it. Angelo Tyro Calvin uh, loves Liverpool. So does Colin. Colin's a Liverpool fan as well. And Donny Boy sixty seven. That's the street credit Kirkcaldy doing the drain. I'm not sure if that's because of Ollie Burke. No, it's uh, a that's what it is. The five flyers. And Michael quite rightly says that they were mentioned in a Beatles song, Cry Baby Cry on the White Album, which is my favourite Beatles album. So um if you didn't know that, give it a listen to hear how John Lennon pronounces Kirkcaldy uh, Calvin Harris loves Liverpool and South Melbourne as well surprisingly interestingly enough and we've got a bold prediction coming in from Bernard McCauley Harry Kuehl will continue Angie's legacy as manager when Ange moves on to a top six club in the EPL in about two years time thoughts change the two years time to about ten years time and I'll, I'll be quite happy with that Bernard but Succession planning was yeah. that one of the reasons Harry Kuehl's in there succession planning so. you, you take a look at that and you go back to someone who I thought was very influential in um, Neil Lennon's first season and Damien Duff and how all the players said that he was a fantastic coach and he would go on to do something mm. um, massive and um, I don't think he's really been given that opportunity yet but um, again they could be kind of following that, that lead I think when you look at a, a coaching staff there is always one player that, or one coach that sticks out, someone who you think, do you know what, he could go on and do really well as a manager himself, but just doesn't quite do it. I'm thinking of players, people like Carlos, uh, is it Quiro, that was um, Alex Ferguson's assistant yeah. for a long time. He kind of struggled when he left there. Um, there's been a couple of ones, even Mikel Arteta at first, when he was um, Pep Guardiola's assistant at Man City when he took the um, the manager's job at Arsenal he was kind of lucky to still be there after a while um, but now he's kind of turned it around so you just you wonder if there's ever just a thing about yeah someone's a really good assistant coach someone's a really good coach but what is the difference between being that coach and being that manager and there's very few I can think of off the top of my head I might be completely wrong but can make that step from being assistant to being the, the full-time manager. Mm, that's a huge leap, isn't it? Um, I want to talk about talking about managers and, and if there's an Eddie Howe klaxon, then start ringing it because um, do you ring a klaxon or do you no. hit it? You hit it. Start hitting it. Um, Eddie Howe, obviously he has spoken during the week and I thought it was quite an interesting little tidbit about his uh, his approach from Celtic because I'm going to bring this back into Ange. It's not an Eddie Howe thing, it's an Ange thing really. He spoke about the fact that he couldn't get his staff together. Now he didn't give too much detail in relation to that uh, but it would have appeared that perhaps Celtic weren't going to be prepared for him to bring his entire staff with him and he spoke about the pressure of that job and the fact that he needed the stability of having his staff with him Colin and that was one of the reasons or the reason that it didn't materialise and when I was reading that during the week there or over the weekend I immediately thought to Ange Postacoglu and his situation the circumstances around him taking the Celtic job and I would actually say it was heightened by the fact that he had never managed other than a tiny spell with with a team in Greece, he'd never managed in European football, he'd never managed in Britain and yet he was prepared to come over on his own without this stability that Eddie Howe was talking about of having his whole backroom team in and around 
him as he came over from Australia. So when I was reading the Eddie Howe thing, obviously you're always want to learn more and more about what's happened at Celtic, and that's fine. But what I took from that was just how incredible a job under the circumstances Ange did, particularly in the early months of his reign at Celtic. I think what you've got there is you've got two completely different managerial approaches. You've got Ange who, over time, will build up a coaching staff round about him. But he always did say that he wanted to go in and learn from as many people as possible. So if it meant that he had to go in and take the coaching team that was already there, then he would he would do that. He would go and he would learn from these people. And you see um, that he appreciates the work that each and every single one of the coaches provides to the team because I think that's now his seventh or eighth manager of the month award. And every single time that he does it, he's getting different coaches, whether it be um, fitness coaches or um, the actual backroom team or whoever it may be, he's got them and he's the picture is with him and them showing that they are a united front, they are a team. But 12 months ago, he would never have known who someone like Gavin Strachan was. So it just shows that he's, he's willing to go in there and learn from others that are already at the club. Eddie Howe, obviously, his style hasn't really changed much. When you look at the, the different teams that he has managed over the years, he has taken basically the same team with him. And that's a kind of old-school approach when you look at it. Um, you always look back to maybe Martin O'Neill. When Martin O'Neill moved about, he always had John Robertson with him. He always had Stephen Walt- uh, Walford with him. Um, he always had that sort of team with him. Even now, Neil Lennon, when he's over in uh, Cyprus, he's got Gary Pendry with him once again. He used to have big Johan when he was kind of moving about. So some people... Have you not got Gary Parker over there? Is it Parker? I thought it was Pendry. Gary Parker, who... Um, used to be a fan. He, he played, yeah, he played with Leicester uh, at the same time as, as Lenny. Um, who, by the way... Uh, I, I saw there again after a defeat he had a right good go at one of the, the broadcasters over in Cyprus I don't know if you saw that I'm not seen it here but I'm sure Pendry actually sorry was Strachan's number two yeah yeah. Um, but even when you look back at that there's there's famous teams that sort of stick together and you, you go back as far as sort of like Brian Clough and um, him having um, what do you call him was his number two Peter Pen. Taylor Peter Taylor Others will go to clubs and they'll learn from the coaches that are around them. Mm-hmm. Others prefer to trust the team that they've got. And some managers will turn down the job if they can't get their, their team to come with them because they believe that it's not just a one-person job, it's the, the whole team. And I, I can kind of understand that. As, as frustrating as it was and as long as we sort of pandered to that idea, um, like, it's not going to change the, the style of football he is. Uh, and it's not going to change the kind of person he is football-wise, but bringing in Ange has been the sort of best backup um, you could have ever had. And as time will go on, the story will change that Ange was always the first choice. That's, that's the way these stories sort of learn to grow legs, is that um, Ange was always the man, and the, the Eddie Howe thing will sort of ease its way out of Celtic system. And we'll, we'll never will find out who was responsible for getting him over, but let's just be thankful that they did get indeed get him over to Celtic Park. Um, I, I look back also on uh, you know Jockstein and and the makeup of his backroom teams. If you look at his managerial positions, uh, Dunfermline, Hibs, Celtic, Leeds United, um, the teams were the the backroom teams were always different. I found that really interesting. So when he came to Celtic, I mean, he, he was surrounded by people that he knew well because he had played with them all. And Sean Fallon, Neely Mocken, uh, Willie Fernie, who mainly looked after the reserve team at the time. But um, he didn't bring anybody, you know, f- f- with him from Hibs. And similarly, when he went from Dunfermline to Hibs, he didn't take anyone from East End Park to Easter Road. So it's an interesting thing that uh, some managers are able to adapt, Colin. And as you say, I think gradually, um, if Ange wants anybody at Celtic Park with him, he will go out and get him. Uh, Ian Matheson makes the point, Sved and Bio probably not given a proper chance. I was never a big fan of Bio, but he's obviously gone on to do pretty well. Um, and Jim Kerr, 
I don't know if it's Simple Minds, Jim Kerr, and whether or not Simple Minds ever played at Jackie O's in Kirkcaldy, but they must have been really struggling if they did. Jackie O's, of course, were on the front of the Wraith Rovers jerseys as the main sponsor, and they were a nightclub in Kirkcaldy. Thanks for sharing that, Jim. And um, I do remember, I absolutely do remember them pretty well. Uh, also, talking about the change since Anz came in, Jota was talking about the culture at Celtic as well um, after the Real Madrid game uh, we, we were speaking about that and the implementation of a new culture that uh, Ange has brought to Celtic as well Colin and I think that a big part of that is if you don't buy into it fully then you won't be at the club and we've seen so many players leaving the club um, you've mentioned also Tommy McIntyre leaving the club and I think that there's a, there's a real vision and it needs to be a shared vision and if you don't then you won't be part of Celtic Football Club. Um, and some people might think that's ruthless, but in order to maintain that success or attain the success, success that he wants to attain, you, you, there's got to be a ruthlessness to your, your approach as well, Colin, and I think Ange has that. Yeah, football is ruthless. I mean, when you think about it, if you've got a kid that's at a, a team just now, whether it be Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, whatever, the, the odds of them actually making the first team at some point are as low as you going and putting a lottery on and winning it tonight. That's the, that's the kind of reality of um, football. Is it's a, a ruthless game, and you you never see a manager that spends his whole career at a, a football team. Maybe in the way that it used to be back in the day when you look back at um, when we had the selection committee and we had Jimmy McGrory and we had Jocelyn there for however many years it, it was but football now is, is such a, a high demand and there's always someone there who wants to take your place and always someone there that wants to take your job and that's just unfortunately the, the kind of thing as you, we mentioned earlier, six games in and Tommy Tickle gets back, that's the demand of, of the, the team where they think they've spent £300 million in a summer and they're demanding instant success and if you don't get it, you don't get it. It's one of the things that I'm actually proud of as Celtic is that there wasn't that sort of turn on Ange. I know there was some people that would have maybe said after six games last season they don't think he's right for the job but the fact that Celtic continued to back him, they backed him in the January, they backed him this summer they're now reaping the rewards from it. So if I just turns around tomorrow and says there's going to be no ketchup in the, the kitchen, nobody's going to turn around and say, no, this is a, a shambles the same way that the, um, Chris Commons and stuff threw the, the toys out the pram when they get rid of the chips. I want to pick up on this, right? Firstly, no ketchup in the kitchen sounds like a early 90s kind of like rock band album, right? But secondly, Chris Commons, you look at his record as a Celtic player, I think he scored 91 goals for Celtic, yeah. right? He should have scored 100. He right? absolutely could have scored 100. Because there's like a lost season under yeah. Brendan Rodgers who refused to play him. He also lost um, a season or so under Neil Lennon when he came out with the daft fake neck brace. Do you remember that? He hadn't scored all season and then we played Rangers at Celtic Park and won 3 0. If I get two and he get the other, and yeah. he chipped Alan McGregor. And that was with three or four games to go and he lost all that season before it. The, the problem, remember there was the, the rumours that there had been a bust-up and that's why he came in with the neck brace to, mm -hmm. you know, for the photographers at uh, the training. But uh, Chris Commons, 91 goals for Celtic, almost part of an exclusive club mm -hmm. to have scored 100. Uh, and the rapid kind of change in view of him um, since he left the club, a lot of it, if not all of it, is down to his views that he makes when he's doing his broadcasting duties, Colin. But you look at him as a player, and I know uh, Carl, Declan McConville spoken about this as well in terms of you know Chris Coleman's being a, something of a hero to a certain generation of Celtic fans. But it, it, it's almost quickly been forgotten because of the way it ended and obviously what's what's happened since. But. Chris Commons and his wife and um, they really embraced the Celtic culture they became fans of the club you know what I mean mm -hmm. um, Lisa Haig was a very early guest on a Celtic state of mind as well and it saddens me a wee bit to be honest with you and you wonder is that thing ever going to be repaired between Chris and the Celtic fans I don't think so I think sometimes when you say something 
it can live long in the memory of Celtic fans. I mean, one player, one ex-player who has just about won back the Celtic support after that was um, was it John Hartson after he went on about the Boxing Day massacre at Dens Park um, a couple of years ago. And when you look at the, the way that both him and Chris Sutton treated um, Ronnie Dyla, I thought it was very unfair the treatment that they gave him in the press. Um, but they've, they've they've managed to win back the Celtic support. So I mean, there's there's potential for Chris Commons, but he would have to maybe change his tune because it feels as if he's someone who has still got that bit of spite for the time that um, the way that he left Celtic, mm. um, and he can't really take that chip off his shoulder, even if it's got ketchup on it. Um, <laughs> nice, well done, Colin. That was that was pretty good, mate. That was pretty good for you. Thanks, everyone. Um, and he kind of really put that behind him. And when you look at it, I think when you look at the sort of downfall of Ronnie Dyla's time at Celtic Park, it all goes back to um, Chris Commons being substituted in that European game and spitting the dummy out. It all kind of mould. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's loads more to talk about, but. Alas, the one hour has come and gone. Uh, Gary Melrose, Rog- Rogic, or Rogic, don't know how the West Brom fans will refer to him, is now confirmed at West Brom very quickly. Is that the place for him? Is the English Championship where he should be thriving, do you think, Colin? I think it was a uh, lack of options when he left Celtic. I think he could have definitely done it at a higher level, but with the World Cup coming up, he's got to be playing somewhere, and if West Brom's his best offer on the table, then all the best of yeah, absolutely. We'll talk a wee bit more about that and other subjects throughout the week on Axon. I've got to thank everybody for joining us on this Monday afternoon. Lots to look at, um, out for, look forward to as Celtic supporters. Uh, and last but not least, thank you once again, Colin Watt, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.